Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Bad morning, everyone. And welcome into Wake and Take. Unfortunately, we have some football to talk about today. Justin Jefferson is landing on IR. Devon HM probably landing on IR. Terrible, terrible news to wake up to on a Tuesday morning. Terrible, terrible news to discuss. But that's what we're here for on Wake and Take. So we'll be discussing those injuries. We'll be discussing Monday Night Football and we'll do a little bit of a waiver wire rundown. So why don't we sit back, relax, sip our spooky little coffee, and enjoy the show. Deep sighs go across the audience. Deep sighs fill my heart. As Justin Jefferson is landing on IR due to a hamstring injury he picked up this weekend against the Chiefs. Now, there's honestly not a lot to read into to to give you, like, what do you do? What's going to happen? There's really not a lot out there. Justin Jefferson's only missed one game in his career. That was his rookie season. He's played every single game the past two seasons. And with this injury, he left late in the fourth quarter. So we haven't really seen what the Vikings offense looks like without Justin Jefferson. Uh, So we're going to kind of work our way through this. I'm going to kind of analyze it on the way I would do it. uh, If I I were Kevin O'Connell, if I were in these shoes, how I would expect the Vikings offense to look now. People may ask, who's going to fill the Justin Jefferson role? Who's going to go out there, run his routes, get the 100% route participation, the 100% snap share, uh, getting the 15 targets sometimes, getting the 10 receptions, getting the 200 yards, getting the multiple touchdowns. To be completely honest, I don't think it's anyone. Do TJ Hawkinson, do Jordan Addison, do KJ Osborne? Does Brandon Powell get a bump in value? Yes. Will they get a bump in usage? Yes. But if I had to guess, if I had to guess, which is what I'm doing, right? I mean, I don't work for the Vikings. I don't come up with their game plans and there's no history to go off of. If I had to guess, it's going to be run exactly how it's run right now. Very, 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 very pass heavy offense. With it being consolidated between those three people, TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, and KJ Osborne, I think KJ Osborne probably gets the biggest bump. I do think that, or sorry, sorry, Jordan Addison. I do think Jordan Addison gets the bigger bump in terms of volume. I think that he will be the number one. But I do think that TJ Hawkinson is probably the one I'm looking at most in terms of where I think the production will come from. I think TJ Hawkinson like we saw with Justin Jefferson on the field, will continue to get fed. I think the usage like last season when there was no Jordan Addison is probably what we can expect for TJ Hawkinson. I think that's the guy I would be looking out to target in terms of all these people. I think Jordan Addison 
is going to get more expensive. I think KJ Osborne is going to get more expensive. And while TJ Hawkinson is going to get more expensive, he's not going to get that much more expensive given he was already basically at the top of his market. A small little bump. I think he's worth paying up for now, though, especially in your tight end premium leagues, in your two tight end leagues, or really just in general, because having the position, the, the advantage at that position goes a really, really long way. So I think I'm getting more excited about TJ Hawkinson than the rest of the options. I'm curious to see how Jordan Addison will handle the number one coverage because I do think that's where he'll go. I think KJ Osborne will still kind of operate over the middle of the field with Addison Morris, the flanker. Uh, and here's a good quote about it. Here's a good quote about it. Jordan Addison said this. I'm like, uh, uh, once I heard that he went down, I'm like, okay, this is my time where I can step up and show everybody in the stadium that I'm that guy too. With the receiver room I, we've got, I'm pretty sure that all of our guys are starting to think like that right now. It's going to be a hell of a week of practice. I know we're all going to come back ready to work knowing Jets' situation. So at least he's fired up. At least he's confident in himself, and which you can be. He's already scored three touchdowns this season with Justin Jefferson on the field. So Jordan Addison, I do think, of course, gets a little bump, going to get some more volume, but might be too hard to obtain now. TJ Hawkinson would be the one I am looking to target. And KJ Osborne needs to be rostered as well. Uh, and and probably started, right? I mean, he's probably going to be startable with the amount of times the Vikings are passing the ball. I mean, Kirk Cousins is absolutely slinging it right now. Um, so yeah, absolutely sucky situation. I really don't think anyone's going to replace Justin Jefferson. I don't think anyone's going to get Justin Jefferson numbers. I do think it'll be more consolidated. But again, TJ Hawkinson, the one I'm targeting. Jordan Addison getting a bump. KJ Osborne getting a bump. Now, the next thing that we need to look into this with is what are they going to do with Kirk Cousins? Because as we know, this off season, really even just during the season, really all year. And even last year to be, to, to be completely honest, Kirk Cousins was talked about being traded. They were talking about the Vikings moving on from Kirk Cousins, sending him away to a new team that could utilize his talents a bit more uh, given the situation that they're in. And now that they're one in four and these rumors have been around for a minute, I think that it is possible that they move on from Kirk Cousins Depending on how the next few weeks go, the trade deadline is in three weeks. They have a divisional matchup against the Bears this weekend. If they lose that one and things are starting to look worse for Justin Jefferson in terms of maybe missing more than just the four weeks on IR, then I think they could move on from Kirk Cousins. I think they could get a decent return from him. His contract is set to expire at the end of the season. One thing to note is that there is a no trade clause within his contract, so he's got to agree to it. But he really might agree to it if the Vikings are going to be playing this bad without his star wide receiver. So definitely something to keep your eye on. If I'm a Kirk Cousins uh, owner, I honestly might be looking into selling low. It's going to be tough for him if he's moved to, you know, obviously learn a whole new offense, get into the timing with the new receivers and all that. Um, I would still probably say it's more more likely he just finishes the year on the Vikings. But I just wanted to highlight that that potential is out there for sure, right? Um, and if he stays with the Vikings, this is a buy opportunity. So maybe this just means hold Kirk Cousins, actually. This is just, let's just heard, hold Kirk Cousins, see what happens. Uh, because again, there's the no trade clause there. He might not even agree to a trade in the first place, but it's definitely something worth monitoring and mentioning given their record right now, given the long term outlook for this team. I mean, they could end up with the 101 if they lose the rest of their games, right? They'll they'll end up in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, and then they won't even need Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson will still be elite. 
uh, and it is what it is. So devastating injury, of course, really going to change the outlook of the Vikings as a whole and changing the outlook of Justin Jefferson too. I mean, hamstring injuries are not good and that's why they put him on IR. That's why the Rams put Cooper Cup on IR. A lot of times with the hamstring injury, you could be ready to play in just a couple weeks, but then you re-injure it and you continue tweaking it. And then it just lingers and lingers and lingers and lingers. So I'm glad to see that they're at least taking their time here. Want to make sure he can get back to 100% before throwing him back out there, which is good. So use this opportunity for sure to buy Justin Jefferson. I would still be paying up. Uh, for example, an offer I sent out was four seconds, Keenan Allen and KJ Osborne. Don't know if it'll be accepted, but I feel like that's fair, right? I'm sending out a really good redraft wide receiver. The person who had Justin Jefferson is in first place right now, so they need that. They also had Justin Herbert, so I was like, oh, they could go for a little stack, and I've got these second-round picks laying around. I'll make that the little extra cherry on top. And then they also get to stay with the Vikings with K.J. Osborne. So I still think you have to pay up for Justin Jefferson. I think people are out there trying to buy low, but you still got to pay up. He's still the number one dynasty-wide receiver, at the very least number two, if you believe that Jamar Chase has now passed him. I I mean, I basically do. I love Jamar Chase. Uh, but still, I mean, they're basically 1A, 1B. I don't think that really changes, even with an injury. So I'm looking to buy Justin Jefferson. I think out of respect, you still have to pay up. Don't go sending out, like, Devontae Smith one for one. You've still got to add to Devontae Smith for Justin Jefferson. You've still got to. It's Justin Jefferson. I know we want to get sneaky and cute with this, but you, you've still got to pay up for Justin Jefferson. Unless it's maybe a redraft league, you could probably get away with sending, like, a Keenan Allen, maybe. Um, but so that, the, that's what I'm thinking with the Vikings. Look for TJ Hawkinson to be the most important bump, but Jordan Addison should get more work as well. And KJ Osborne likely becomes startable. The thing to watch really is how Jordan Addison handles number one corner coverage. And also if they continue passing at, at, at an extremely high rate, you know, if the passing volume goes down, we could be seeing more work for Cam Akers and Alexander Madison. So this game against the Bears is going to be very, very telling. Definitely going to have some takeaways there on next week's episode. Uh, if KJ Osborne's available, go pick him up. <sighs> Devon Achan. Devon Achan, Achan. See, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Before we get into just what the injury is, <laughs> I still don't get it because I know I'm pronouncing it wrong when I say Devon Achan, but when it got released, it was just somebody spelled it out and there was no like audio file on how to actually pronounce it. So I don't know if it's supposed to be Achan, Achan. How you're really supposed to pronounce this last name? Devon A Chain made a ton of sense. Felt cool too. It was like he's moving the chains. He's A Chain moving the chains. But no, it's I think it's A Chan. Could be A Chan. I don't know. It, it, I don't know. I don't understand. That's one of my biggest pet peeves in the world. Totally off topic. But why do people spell out how to pronounce things? Just tell me how to pronounce things because the way you spell things changes. You can pronounce things differently based on spelling. I don't want the letters. I want the pronunciation. Give me an audio file. Let me click on the little speaker button. Tell me how to pronounce this name because I, I'm at a loss here. I'm just going to say it like Devon A. Chain because I've been saying that all offseason and it's stuck in my brain. Sorry for being wrong. It happens. But Devon A. Chain, this injury has been very interesting. And it's just, it's, it's, it's classic Miami Dolphins, right? We saw this last year with Tua Tunga Viola. Mike McDaniel and the rest of staff just completely tiptoeing around the severity of this. When it first came out, it was supposed to just be a minor ankle injury. Now it is a knee injury. And now he's expected to miss a few weeks with IR being possible. They have their bye in week 10. So look at that being the worst case scenario is, is uh, Devon HM work returning week 11. 
that would be the worst case scenario to me. That would be IR plus a few weeks, but that is the worst case scenario, uh, which is still fine because that means he comes back for the playoff stretch. If you can get him for a good price with that in mind, you've definitely got to do it. I would definitely be trying to buy Devon Achan right now, right the second before the actual severity comes out. Because again, it is out that it's not season ending. So you're still going to get some A-chan for you this season. And he's still going to be extremely explosive. And it looks like the Dolphins are going to take their time here. As they have uh, activated Jeff Wilson off IR, he's expected to return this week. And Raheem Mostert has been playing well. So I think that they might be fine just using those guys, letting Devon A-chan heal, coming back to 100% week 11 or later. Again, that's the worst case scenario. Uh, best case is he could return week like nine, probably, um, maybe eight if they avoid the IR. Really depends um, and the on just the severity. And again, that's not out now. And so, again, I want to try to buy him before the severity comes out because if it comes out that it's not as severe as returning week 11, uh, not going on IR at all, then you're probably not going to be able to buy him. I'm sure the owners would just be like, eh, I'll hold him out. But I think if he actually hits that IR, uh, then he'll be even more attainable. It just, I don't know if he will. The Miami Dolphins have been very weird about their injuries, seem to downplay it, seem to wait as long as possible before coming to a true conclusion. So definitely got to keep monitoring it. Again, looking to buy A-Champ. Now, what do you have to do here? If Jeff Wilson's available, you've obviously got to pick him up. I'm sure in most places, people were just stashing him in their IR, but I know there are leagues that he was available, especially leagues without IR slots. So definitely got to pick him up. Probably worth the number one waiver claim. Probably. But it's tough to say. Because well, last year with Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson both on the team, they basically had an exactly 50% split. After week nine, Jeff Wilson averaged 10 and a half carries and three targets per game. Mostert averaged 10 carries and 2.8 targets. So both basically averaging about 13 total touches last season when they were both on the field together. And they both averaged the same amount of points. Essentially, Jeff Wilson averaged 9.8 points per game last year. Mostert averaged 9.9 points per game last year when they were both on the field. Uh, Jeff Wilson has been averaging around 50 yards and 12 receiving yards a game with some touchdowns sprinkled in. So uh, both are going to be startable. I will say this. I am a Raheem Mostert fanboy. And given that Jeff Wilson will be returning off an injury and they have to probably take their time, I could see Mostert getting the bell cow usage, like the week one, two Mostert usage that we saw uh, with Jeff Wilson barely being used for the next week, maybe two weeks, just as they try to work Wilson in. Because Raheem Mostert has been playing phenomenally this season. So I think he can still handle the heavy workload as they work Jeff Wilson in. And that is kind of something that is worrying me. If this Devon Achan injury ends up being a short term, like only two or three weeks, by the time Jeff Wilson is fully up to speed, it's pretty likely that Achan is starting to come back into the fold as well. So you really might not get that many starts out of Jeff Wilson, at least not as many as you were expecting to if you've been stashing him this long, unless Mostert also gets hurt. So you've got to keep your eye on what they're doing with him and the Achan injury for sure. For me, I think this week, Raheem Mostert becomes a must start. I'm not starting Jeff Wilson anywhere. I would not expect him to get much usage this week in particular um, because uh, I believe they're playing the Panthers, so it's not even like it's a tough matchup, but it is a decently strong defensive front. 
that could lead to injuries for Jeff Wilson. So again, I think that Jeff Wilson gets eased in this week. Most are getting the work, the most of the workload this week, and then we'll have to reevaluate heading into week seven. So you, if you have Raheem Mostert, go ahead and lock him into your lineup. Don't even think about it. Uh, he's been way too explosive to bench, especially if A-Chan is out, which is looking like he will be. So those are my takeaways for these injuries. Let me go see. I, I know you guys have some comments in here. Let's let's answer some questions. Um, Cousins should go back to Washington. That could be very fun. Kirk Cousins to Atlanta. No, I don't think so. I think that it, I think that um, Arthur Smith and really just the Falcons organization as a whole has made it pretty clear they want a mobile quarterback. Um, let's see. If I'm Kirk Cousins and I have a no trade clause and Justin Jefferson, I'm probably not going to be traded. This is true, but uh, given that the contract ends at the end of the season, if they do get a decent offer and it's a landing spot that Kirk Cousins is fine with, I'm pretty sure he'd be like, okay, that's fine. But I'm sure that also they're trying to work out a way to extend him, bring him back next year as well. I mean, the front offices are really, they're weighing all options at this point. And that's why I mostly am saying that it's going to take a couple weeks. I think this Bears game is very important to them. If they lose this Bears game, they're sitting at last in their division with a chance to continue to tank and get Caleb Williams. And that is, I think, when it would actually come on the table. For now, I think that it's fine. For now, I think it's fine. I think you just keep rolling with Kurt Cousins. And I think he'll still be a good fantasy football producer without Justin Jefferson. But I do definitely think that a trade scenario is definitely still out there and possible. It is A-Chan like Jackie Chan. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm being way too Georgia right now. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> All right, cool, guys. Let's move on. Before we get into waivers, I just want to do a couple quick little takeaways here about last night's Monday night football game. I don't have too much for you as it was one of the worst football games I've ever watched. Uh, the Raiders beat the Packers 17-13. to It was not a fun game at all. For some reason, Devontae Adams in the revenge game against the Packers only has four receptions for 45 yards basically used as a decoy. I saw a time where Devontae Adams was being covered by Preston Smith and he still didn't even get the ball. It was just awful, uh, really, for Devontae Adams. And honestly, the game plan for the Raiders, they're lucky they came away with this win. Jimmy Garoppolo did not look that good, but he did look like Jimmy Garoppolo, a pretty standard 200-yard game with a touchdown and an interception. Josh Jacobs showed some flashes, finishing with a touchdown and over 60 yards pretty good. And AJ Dillon came back to life as well on the Packers side with AJ Dillon. He had 75 yards and a touchdown off of 20 carries. Patrick Taylor only saw two carries. Didn't look good. This was the first time we saw AJ Dillon actually looking like the AJ Dillon we would expect from him with Aaron Jones out. So that was cool to see. Uh, but again, also an easy defense against the Raiders, at least in terms of rushing. So this is probably AJ Dillon's ceiling game. If I have A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones is out again, I would be looking to sell him for really any draft pick. The big story here is Jordan Love, though. As Jordan Love finishes the day, 16 of 30, 182 yards, no touchdowns, and three interceptions, including a game-losing interception. Two of them went to the same linebacker. You should never be throwing multiple interceptions to the same person. That means you're bad. I mean, that means that you can't get over your reads and learn from your mistakes. Granted, Jordan Love, he, this is still only like his sixth start, right? I mean, he's still young. I'm not going to overreact here. He has shown some promise. 
the big thing that I'm worried about here is that all year we've been seeing him play a really bad first half, make some good second half adjustments and come out and ball. He did not do that in this game. And that's where I'm worried. You know, I would like to see him build on a trend and not, you know, lose on a trend. So it's tough to see that. I think he'll bounce back. I mean, Max Crosby was in his face all day and the wide receivers weren't doing him much favors. Christian Watson only brought in three of his seven targets would have had a touchdown if he didn't get a horse collar tackle. Uh, Dontavian Wicks only had a reception. Jaden Reed only had a reception. Romeo Dobbs only had one reception. It was Luke Musgrave actually who had the most receptions taking six of them for only 34 yards. So really it was just the Packers offense not looking very good. Uh, Their offensive coordinator also on the hot seat as they've got to figure out some things here. And they've got to put together a whole football game. Uh, As I mentioned with Jordan Love, he has at this point been a second half quarterback. And really the Packers have been a second half team making some good adjustments. Did not see that here. And that's a big concern. So uh, yeah, so I'm a little bit worried, but not too much yet to sum it up. I, I think that you're still holding on to all of these guys probably even trying to buy Christian Watson as if he scored that touchdown, we would have had a normal Christian Watson game. And I think, again, he scored the touchdown last week, would have scored a touchdown this week. That's just what Christian Watson does. He just scores touchdowns. He's just really good at football, and we have to accept that, and we should be treating him as a top 20 dynasty option, and we're not. So go buy Christian Watson uh, and probably keep holding on to Jordan Love. I'm not going to press the panic button yet, especially in Superflex Leagues. All right, guys, it's time to talk about some waivers, but I, I do see some comments here. Um, so let's go ahead um, and talk about this. <laughs> hey, Harry, why do you troll so much? <laughs> he's not trolling yet. He, he just, um, <laughs> he, he's just giving me some tough love, as he says. You know, that's what it is. Uh, AJ Dylan Fraud Alert. Yeah, I think I agree. I think that this is his you know, ceiling game. And that's why I would be looking to sell. Uh, The Packers do play the Broncos next week. So thank you for pointing that out, guys. That is where we really need to keep an eye on Jordan Love. If Jordan Love continues to either A, only be a second half quarterback, or B, puts up another stinker against that bad of a defense, that's when you can press the panic button. Right now, you can't. And so if anything, you can maybe buy Jordan Love. I'm sure people are really upset about that. I've seen the Twitter space already saying his time as a starter is over. That's way too much of an overreaction. We're still early into his time as a starting quarterback. So don't panic, guys. Don't panic. (laughs) Good point, Jamie. Was it really an Adams revenge game? I guess not. I guess not. He kind of asked for that. So yeah. Uh, The rest of the questions, don't look. Oh, don't forget about Chris Brooks. Yes, who I guess we'll talk about now. We'll go ahead and use this as a segue into the waivers uh, as I'm starting to see some other general questions here. So don't forget about Chris Brooks. Yeah, this is a deeper pickup. Of course, this is an undrafted free agent rookie who made the active roster, who made the original 52 team roster. 52, 53? Doesn't matter. I don't know why I can't remember that right now. (laughs) Uh, But either way, he made the active roster as an undrafted rookie, and he's had some opportunity this season before Devon Achan uh, was able to be out there and get the workload he was getting pre-injury. So it's possible he gets sprinkled in. If he's available, you can definitely pick him up, uh, especially in your deeper leagues. I am rostering him in my 32-team league. So, you know, give a little, let's go. <laughs> let's go for my 32-team Chris Brooks rostering. But 
those are not the big people that you need to pick up this week uh, for waivers. There's actually a ton of them, really. And we've already talked about KJ Osborne. We've already talked about Jeff Wilson. But with uh, that, there's also Brandon Powell, who I think you could pick up, right? Uh, in, in your more deeper leagues, we saw him get a few receptions when ju- or, uh, this week. I guess it wasn't really when Justin Jefferson went down as it was late. But still, he got worked in. He'll probably be a guy that's sprinkled in every once in a while. So if you're in a 32-team league like me or just a deep league in general, Powell is probably worth taking a shot on, along with K.J. Osborne and Jeff Wilson due to these injuries, and Chris Brooks, who we mentioned. Now, in terms of bye weeks, this is who's on bye. It's just the Packers and Steelers this week. So I always like to keep an eye on of people who could be dropped while they're on their bye. If Jaden Reed is dropped, if Luke Musgrave is dropped, if Jalen Warren is dropped, or Deontay Johnson as he's still hurt, you could probably pick them up. I do think that they'll be fine after their bye week and worth rostering. So keep your eye on any of the good Packers or Steelers players being dropped. For quarterbacks, uh, as usual, I'm just not even going to cover the quarterbacks for you guys. Um, it, It's just you guys know what to do, right? In your super flex leagues, if a starting quarterback becomes available, pick him up. In your one quarterback leagues, if C.J. Stroud is for some reason available, pick him up. But for the most part, you don't need my help there. We'll talk about it if it gets to there. But for now, I think we're looking okay. I think we understand the situation that we're all in. If you want to, I'm always a big fan of stashing some backup quarterbacks to injury-prone quarterbacks. So like a Jarrett Stidham, I think, could be interesting given Russell Wilson's age and just the outlook of the Broncos as a whole. Aiden O'Connell, of course, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe Clayton Toon with Josh Dobbs. We don't really know what kind of health he has, but it's not like we've seen him play that much. And Tua Tungaveolo, you could probably roster Mike White uh, given his injury history as well. But again, for the most part, you know what you're doing. Maybe stash some guys if you want to, like I just named. But no one worth noting, really. At the running back position, though, there's a ton of people worth noting. Starting with, of course, Jeff Wilson. Starting with Chris Brooks. But then you can move on depending on your league size. I think you need to probably pick up Roshan Johnson if he was dropped for some reason. As this uh, injury to Khalil Herbert does look like he'll be missing at least a couple weeks. Roshan Johnson's going to get some opportunity. He should be back. His concu- his injury was only a concussion, so he should be back this week. Kendra Miller also got some decent usage and looks to be, you know, worked in behind Alvin Kamara. A change of pace uh, a plus, a change of play- pace plus for Kendra Miller right now. So definitely worth rostering if he's still available. With this James Conner injury, especially as the severity of it is not out, you should be picking up Amari DiMarcado. It looks like, you know, with this James Conner injury, he's going to be missing a couple weeks. But again, the severity isn't out. So you might be able to sneakily add DiMarcado for a cheap fab. Like you might not have to throw that much at him, but I do definitely think you need to pick him up and probably start him if James Conner is out. Uh, Deontay Foreman needs to be picked up too, given this Khalil Herbert injury. Uh, more than likely, it's going to be a little bit of a rotation, and it's possible Roshan isn't back off the concussion. If that's the case, then we're talking about a true bell cow. So that's a speculative ad. Keaton Mitchell, another speculative ad. Just the Ravens running backs haven't looked that good. They're a desperate need for some youth and spark. Keaton Mitchell could definitely give that, given his profile. Uh, he will probably be activated off IR this week. So go ahead and pick him up before he pops off. Tajay Spears, if he's still available, of course you need to pick him up. He's continuously getting a decent snap share. 
uh, and is being worked in more and more and more and honestly isn't even dependent on a Derrick Henry, Henry injury. I think he could end up being relevant towards the end of the year, even if Derrick Henry doesn't miss time. Jordan Mason, as we talked about on yesterday's show, looks like he's going to be the backup for the 49ers. I think it's him and Elijah Mitchell now, and Jordan Mason is making a case for him to, for it to be him, right? I mean, Elijah Mitchell can't stay healthy, and when he's out there, he definitely can't handle a workload. So I do think Jordan Mason needs to be picked up and rostered. If Christian McCaffrey goes down, he finds himself in a really nice spot, even with Elijah Mitchell. I mean, I think we'll be talking about a committee there both of them being worked in because Mitchell doesn't need a lot of carries. He's explosive like Mostert or HN or whatever, right? I mean, he just breaks off some plays, works well in the scheme, but doesn't need a huge workload. Uh, and then some backup running backs, as always, you know, Tank Bigsby, you've got the Jaguars backup. You want that. Pierre Strong, I mean, they just run the ball a ton in Cleveland, and he's athletic. Zamir White, uh, if Josh Jacobs goes down, Zeus should probably get some work, although it's not a great offense, so you're going to hope he gets some pass-catching work. And then, of course, with the Cowboys, Tony Pollard not playing super well, but also has an injury history. Well, maybe not a history, but the potential to get injury given his size and the fact that he had the uh, – there was something in his leg. Something in his leg, basically a broken leg last year that he's returning from. So you can get Rico Doddle and maybe do spawn as well in your duper in your deeper leagues for wide receiver. As we've been talking about uh, really for the past few weeks, you've got to be picking up Josh Downs. It looks like a Gardner Minshew really likes him, but also he's continuously being worked into the rotation pretty heavily and per performing well was the leading receiver last week. Didn't score a touchdown. So definitely still able to be picked up for not much fab uh, and Honestly, even if you're probably in the middle of your waiver wire uh, priority, like if you're sitting there at like six or seven, you should probably be able to get downs as well. Definitely worth picking up. If Traylon Burks or Rasheed Rice was dropped, you should be getting those guys uh, for sure. Now, my problem with either is that you're never really going to feel comfortable starting them unless an injury happens, but still worth rostering. They're young players with some decent upside attached to decent offenses. So I like those guys if they were dropped. I like Wandell Robinson a lot. He's continuously being fed in this offense that's playing from behind a lot. I think as he gets to 100%, we're going to see that go up even more. And if Saquon Barkley continues to miss time, he's the guy getting that usage. And if Darren Waller goes down, it'll go to him as well. I think he's basically the focal point right now of the passing attack outside of Waller, outside of Saquon. He's number three. Uh, so again, if either go down, it's going to continue to go up. And as he gets healthier as well, it's probably going to go up. Uh, with Tank Dell hurt, any of the Texans receivers that are available, I think should be rostered. I personally think that this is when we're going to start to see John Mechie. I think he slots into that a bit better than Robert Woods, just because Robert Woods is more of an all-around wide receiver. I think they can continue to use him how they've been using him. This is a very good opportunity for them to throw John Mechie into the fire. I think he'll perform well with it as well. So I'm taking some speculative ads on Mechie this week. I'm not starting him, of course. But this could be a time where he could, where he starts to get right, starts to get comfortable in this offense, and could be a certainly good third option over Robert Woods if he starts to perform well. Trey Palmer needs to be picked up as Mike Evans seems to be kind of getting banged up the past couple weeks. 
Uh, Trey Palmer is the guy that profiles into that field stretching role. He'll be the guy getting those deep targets. So Trey Palmer was dropped last week during the bye, or is just still available in general. Definitely worth picking up to see his kind of usage going forward. Uh, last week, we saw Trent Irwin for the Bengals get utilized heavily with T. Higgins out. I think that can continue. I'm only picking up Irwin, though, if I'm starting him. That's something that we talk about every week with some of these players. I only want to pick them up if I'm starting them. I don't want to waste a bench spot on Trent Irwin because there's no upside. The upside is now. So if you're not picking him up to start him, don't do it. There's no point of letting a player like Irwin sit on your bench. I'd much rather even pick up this next guy just because of speculation and potential. Cedric Wilson last week, and we saw two years ago, he was utilized decently on the Dallas Cowboys, had a star performance at the end of the year. I think it was two touchdowns, 100 yards at the end of the season. That's what led him to get a decent return and sent over to Miami. Well, last year he wasn't used at all, but this week, this week he was. Uh, Cedric Wilson outsnapped Braxton Berrios this week and caught all four of his targets for 52 yards. Credit to Theo Greminger for pointing that out in his waiver wire article. Always love to read that before hopping on here and discussing the waivers. That'll be out. Actually, I think that's out now, but if it's not, it'll be out in a few hours. But Cedric Wilson... Definitely worth picking up as we saw some decent ceiling on the Cowboys. And now he's attached to the best offense in the league, basically, with him out snapping Barrios and having that kind of usage. I think it could go up a little bit. And again, if Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle or anyone really gets hurt in this offense, then we're talking about some more targets going his way. Definitely an interesting one to keep your eye on. And then at the tight end position, there's not too much here. We'll start with Noah Gray. Similar to like Trent Irwin. I'm only picking up Noah Gray if I'm starting him. There's no reason to pick him up and bench him. This is what Noah Gray is for. You're supposed to play him if Kelsey is out. Uh, we don't know for sure if Kelsey will be out, but it is a short week and low ankle sprains, as it was reported to be, tend to come back up and get worse as the days go on before getting better. So it could be another pain management issue for Travis Kelsey where they have to roll out Noah Gray. But we didn't see Noah Gray do too much in week one. So I don't know if I'm even going to pick him up and start him uh, unless I'm in a really bad pinch. And that's who I have to start. Other tight ends that I think you should be picking up. Gerald Everett, if he was dropped, given the Chargers bye week. Uh, if he was dropped, you can pick him back up. And then Jonu Smith, I mean, if he's still available, I mean, clearly at this point, the Falcons like him and Desmond Ritter likes him. He's got a role. You can latch on to Jonu Smith for sure. Tyler Conklin continues to show that he's one of Zach Wilson's favorite targets. If he's going to get five, six targets a game, then that's a guy that is startable. So Tyler Conklin needs to be added. I already mentioned Luke Musgrave at the beginning of this, but given the Packers are on a bye, there's a chance Luke Musgrave gets dropped. I would be looking at that and picking him up if so. Again, he led the Packers in receptions last night. I think that that is a trend that could continue as he works in the middle of the field and, and has been playing really, really well so far this year. Uh, and finally, Greg Dulcich and Jonu Smith, both are looking like they'll be activated off IR soon. So both of those guys need to be picked up in case they have a bigger role than we imagine. They definitely need to be rostered 
Jelani Woods, especially, as I said last week and the week before that and the week before that and the week before that, I have been stashing Jelani Woods since he went on IR. I do really like him, and I think he could play really well on this Colts offense the way they've been scheming their tight ends. But Dulcich also has some potential as well, especially as these rumors heat up that the Panthers are A, looking for a receiver, and the Broncos are B, trying to trade a receiver. I do still think it's possible Judy goes over there. If that happens, it'll be Cortland Sutton, Greg Dulcich, and Marvin Mims. So you should pick up any of those tight ends that could be activated off IR, Dulcich, and Jelani Woods. Woo! Those are all the waiver advice I have for you. Let's quickly go through your questions, and then we'll get you out of here. Should we give up on a Conquo? I don't think you can, especially in Dynasty. You've got to keep holding. I mean, in redraft, especially if it's a shallow league, you could probably throw him to the wire and pick up someone else. But I'm not necessarily going to give up on a guy that's that that athletic. I think it is mostly a Ryan Tannehill issue. Uh, but, you know, I do think you've got to hold on to him for now. If they make a quarterback change, he'll go up. If, De- if DeAndre Hopkins gets hurt, Chigo Quanquo's value will go up. Keep holding on to him. Keep holding on to him. Is Kayshawn Booty worth a roster stash with the Patriots offense falling apart? No. I think the only Patriots player I'm stashing right now is Tyquan Thornton and Demario Douglas. I think Demario Douglas just has the Patriots wide receiver written all over him, like Jacoby Myers 2.0 is Demario Douglas. Uh, and then Tyquan Thornton, really just because he has so much speed, they could just use him as a deep threat. And if they're going to be playing from behind a lot, there's a potential for touchdowns there. I'm only stashing Tyquan Thornton in deeper leagues, and then I'm also not going to stash him for very long once he plays. I'll probably give him like a two-week trial period just to see what kind of usage he's going to get. But yeah, to answer your question, I'm not really stashing Kayshawn Booty. He was bad in preseason, bad in camp, probably not going to be too much going forward other than a rotational piece on this offense. Again, I think Tyquan Thornton or Demario Douglas are the ones taking your shot on as they have the upside. Let's see. Um, I saw one. Would you trade Watson or Smitty? I assume this was for Justin Jefferson. I think I want to hold on to either of those guys. But, I mean, if Justin Jefferson is available. Oh, wait, no. Would you rather trade either one of them and then you're looking to get a running back? I would probably, you say you have Diggs or Cup. I would probably put one of those on the block instead of my dynasty assets. I would probably be looking to send one of my win now wide receivers, maybe for a win now running back. See if maybe you could use Diggs or Cup to put yourself in the Christian McCaffrey discussions, maybe the Alvin Kamara discussions. That's what I would do. I think I would be holding on to these dynasty wide receivers, though, like Watson and Smitty. I like both of those guys. How long do you think we should hold on to Mechie? I mean, in Dynasty forever, in Redraft, probably give them three, four more weeks, probably. I mean, you want parts of this Texans offense. So if it's Mechie, it's Mechie. Like I said, I think that his usage will go up with the Tank Dell injury, and so I'm excited to see what will happen. Uh, And finally, could you trade Cup and Pollard for Jefferson? If you're trying to tank, sure. Tony Pollard is a sell candidate for me. And Cup, not really a sell candidate, but if you're trying to tank, then he basically has to be a sell candidate. You have no use for Cup. So yeah, you could send that. And I mean, given the injury, given he's landing on IR, you might be able to get a draft pick, like a third round draft pick or something thrown in there on top, Gerard, so or Jared. Um, so yeah, 
I would try to do that, see what you can get on top. But either way, I'm, I wouldn't mind sending Cup or Pollard if you're trying to tank. Why not? Get yourself Justin Jefferson uh, for the rest of your fantasy football career. All right, guys. Oh, uh, is Montgomery worth a 2024 first? I would say he's worth a late first. I would say he's definitely worth a late first. I mean, uh, he's performing really well, scoring touchdowns attached to one of the best offenses in the league. That's a guy you want on your team. And so, yeah, I wouldn't mind sending a late first for him. I think I would still be holding on to my mid and early firsts for now, just because he does have an injury history, just because I do still believe Jameer Gibbs will be worked up. And also, Jamison Williams is going to get more work as well. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be back. I think that they will still be a pass-heavy team. So I'm not going as far as a mid-first. But a late-first, definitely. And last one. Start eight, you need RB help. You traded Jamar Chase and Zach Moss for Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift. Um, Not terrible. I mean, I hate trading Jamar Chase for sure. Um... But, I mean, at least you got a Monroe St. Brown back. And I do, of course, love DeAndre Swift more than Zach Moss. So, yeah, I think that that's a fine trade. I might have tried to get a little bit more, but I don't think it's that bad. I really don't. I think that you're not too upset about it. It does suck that Chase had such a big game and a Monroe St. Brown was out last week. But you still got an elite dynasty wide receiver. And you've gone up several tiers from Zach Moss to DeAndre Swift. Dylan Gibson asked Jonathan Mingo price check. I'm throwing seconds everywhere. I'm throwing seconds at Mingo, seeing if you could do it. I sent Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, and a mid-second for Jameer Gibbs and Jonathan Mingo. That was the trade I pulled off uh, to kind of put you in the ballpark. This was last week. This was two weeks ago, actually, now. So um, uh, things have kind of changed in return in, in regards of price checks. But still, a second-round draft pick feels about right for Jonathan Mingo for me. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, this was Wake and Take. I was Jason. You guys were a fantastic audience. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a terrific Tuesday, a wonderful rest of your week, and I will see you all tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern, on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Have a good one. Peace. 